Well, it turns out it wasn't going to be as simple as going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. At least it doesn't look that way. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. It is Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. A lot going on today, but this should not get lost in the shuffle. And that is the Green Bay Packers, Perloff, not exactly coming out with a full force defense of Jordan Love and his performance so far this season. Yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty hard to do that. He's been the worst quarterback in the league in the first half of every single game. It's not working. We understand that. I just want to warn people who are talking about the Packers. The team around Jordan Love is bad. There's just no way to avoid that. They're in full rebuild. Even Aaron Rodgers would not have been able to do anything with this team. The receivers are bad. The line is a mess. The play calling is terrible. I think LaFleur has been exposed. I I think the Packers are doing kind of everything wrong, and it's all coming down on Jordan Love. Well, but here's the thing. Okay, listen, they just traded Rasul Douglas away, so maybe they're a little bit in seller mode. But at the same time, they did just sign Rashawn Gary to a huge contract. Like, they do have a lot of talent on defense. And on offense, like, aren't you just, uh, you know, a receiver or two away like I can't wait. Do you only have two? Re- you being a receiver or two away? I'm just that's talking, a far way away. Well, that could be a far way away, but you still you have a good run game. You obviously need to shore up the offensive line that has gotten old and has gotten injured, and you get a good receiver, which can happen in the draft almost immediately overnight, and maybe you have something. I think that Jordan Love deserves some criticism here. This well, is not yeah. a, this is not a rookie who's stepping into the bright lights for the first time. I'm I'm totally understanding he's got a lot of pressure on him. This is not going to be an easy spot. But at times he looks totally flustered and making mistakes that a guy who's in the third year in the league should not be making. I totally understand. Of course he deserves criticism. I'm yeah. just saying it's not all and he's played very poorly. Even in the week one where they won the game and everybody was high on him, I was like, uh oh. I could see could there see, was yeah. there was definite accuracy problems. I, but you, you watch him more. There's a former quarterback who was in the room. Remember Kirk Benkert? He was a Virginia quarterback. Every week he tweets the same thing. He was in the room with Rodgers and Jordan Love. He said nobody could win with this team. The way they're playing right now, it is just not set up for any kind of success with Jordan Love. And their run game has been awful this year. Aaron Jones yeah. is in and out of the lineup. They're a bottom five running team in the league. So they uh, poor Jordan Love is getting nothing but third and longs. And it just seems like there's a lack of creativity on play calling. Matt LaFleur has been somewhat exposed not having Aaron Rodgers. Definitely. Now, this could be on the quarterback. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I think they're a real rebuilding team, and Jordan Love is going to take the slings and arrows here. I I don't think it's going to work out long term, but I think that they're starting from ground zero. They just have to start over. They thought that they could sort of string together a post-Aaron Rodgers team. It's not happening. They're too young. They're too injured on the offensive line. It's time to start over. The general manager, Brian Gutekunst, was talking to the media yesterday. He said the next 10 games are going to be crucial for Jordan Love. Yeah. Just this season to find out what you have in Jordan and if he is the guy going forward. I, you know, I hope not. I think, you know, we got 10 games left. These are going to be very important 10 games. And, um, you know, I think he's done a lot of really good things. Really like the way he's responded to, to the adversity, uh, how he's led the team. Um, you know, again, we got to be better as a unit. And uh, I expect that to happen over the next 10 games. We'll see what happens over the next 10. Listen, I think that the Packers kind of told you without telling you when they gave him basically a one-year, $22.5 million extension, and that preceded the fifth-year option that they would have that they did pick up. So the deal was 13 and a half, fully guaranteed at signing and runs through next year. 
That is peanuts for starting quarterbacks in the NFL. He's basically getting like high end backup money. Well, they weren't going to give him a hundred million dollars to a guy who'd started two games. He never played. I kind of had to do that. Here's another issue. They've lost four in a row. They've moving up on the draft in a big way at two and five. They sit number six right now. Big quarterback draft. I think that plays into this too. If you were looking at the draft and say you like, I'll throw out a name, Michael Penix. Sure. Then the Packers have to. I mean, they might have to jump on this because they don't usually find themselves in the top five. I think they will. Yeah. And it just goes to show that it was never going to be this easy. I think that yeah. getting three, you were never going to have three Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back to back. And I just wonder if there are some Packer fans. I know Rodgers has a torn Achilles right now, so it's impossible to play the what if game. However, do you wish that it got so personal and it got so bad between the front office and Rodgers at the end? It was sniping in between the two. Who was calling who back on FaceTime? Like it got so petty and in some cases so ugly. Had they just not had all this ego on both sides, mm. could they have salvaged the end of this? I, I see what you're saying. I think it was more about the roster. The fact that he left that Green Bay roster and got to the New York Jets of all teams and said, wow, I can't believe I have all these weapons on offense. The New York Jets have more weapons in the past. He was like, this is heaven on earth to see this offense. This is historically the worst offense in the history of the league. Was better than what he was dealing with in Green Bay. But half of the guys he brought with him. Yeah. <laughs> you could have kept Alan but Lazard. He, you could have kept Randall Cobb. That's like two-thirds of the Jets' I, offense. I wish we would have left him in Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'm saying, when he arrived for that last season, and Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs were his starting rookies, and not even first-round pick rookies, that was that was the beginning of the end. Well, he, maybe he couldn't he have done anything. Show with up for OTAs. No, maybe those, they wouldn't have looked so bad. No, those guys don't have it. They just they're good. They're second and third receivers. Obviously, you lose, lose Devontae Adams. It's not going to be easy to replace, but you can't do it with 21-year-olds who have very little experience. Well, and I think Rodgers a bit has to wear the Devontae Adams leaving too. Because mm. Adam said to me, I mean, if he hadn't been talking about retirement all the time, then Adams may not have been looking for a, an exit ramp as quickly as he was. I, I, I think that the Packers were going to pay him. It's not too. about that. Bakhtiari obviously can't get on the field. Yeah. Elton Jenkins, is their other all pro lineman, is hurt all the time. And that defense, yeah, they have high picks and they're paying some of those guys. But is, is there a single time they have not let that fan base down? They are really disappointing as well. I think there's a lot of problems here. Not, not, I say problems. They're a rebuilding team. They're young. They have to start over. You said it well. It was unrealistic to think you're going Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. So I think Jordan Love is not going to work there. But I do think Jordan Love has an amazing arm and has a chance in the right system to be something. I mean, a backup, I think. Backup who gets a shot again. I mean, he's 23. Yeah, no, I know he's super young. Or maybe but, 24 now. But again, like, hasn't played a lot. I, I think that... Listen, he's twenty five. I, I wasn't expecting him to be the Hall of Famer again. That would have been seems like that would have been impossible. I expected to look a little better. And again, you can blame offensive line, you can blame lack of receivers. But what's weird about it is they get in these big holes in the first half, and then they're able to dig themselves out of some of it mm. in the second half. So clearly, they're able to do some things right, and maybe that's the defense on the other side. You know, mm. uh, the opponents kind of taking their foot off the gas. But at some points, it can work. Why can't it work right out of the gate? I mean, that falls on the quarterback and the head coach. No, that falls on the head coach. It's every every Packers, uh, I don't know, they're calling a very uncreative offense in the first half. They finally get to it in the second half. I, I'm going to put that as much on the floor as Jordan Love. 
again, I know he's not reading the field great. He doesn't really look comfortable back there. But it's so hard to evaluate a player when the line's not playing great, when the play calling is uncreative, when the run game isn't helping you at all. I think they're probably going to move on from Jordan Love, but I don't think they blame this. I, I think internally they're looking, oh, my God, what chance does this guy Listen, have? He's under so much pressure, too. There was a thought, I think, amongst many Packer fans who they might not admit it now, but you were saying it in the offseason, why not the playoffs? And yeah, I, know I mean, Ro- they're in the North. I know Rodgers didn't make the playoffs his first full year as a starter. I get that, but there were people talking playoffs in the Packer fan base, and now you're closer to getting a top five pick than you are making to the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, you I got to be disappointed. They, of course, you're disappointed, and there re- was realistic talk of playoffs. They easily could could have won nine games. No, but you're out saying like this is a rebuild. It's a teardown. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone should have known it all the time. I'm saying that's yeah. that's you're you you're saying the, that now. Do you know who the third wild card team is going to be in the NFC? <laughs> it's a battle between. Atlanta, Tampa Bay. It, there's the third wild card team is going to be debating: should I completely tank to get a quarterback, or should I go to the playoffs? <laughs> well, that's so, what happens in the playoffs. Expand to hundred teams. I think even optimistic Packer fans are like, we could sneak in a nine and eight because we're in this terrible division. Listen, there's Jaron Hall's about to start for the Vikings. Tyson Badgen is starting for the Bears. Honestly, I w- I wouldn't even totally count the Packers out now at two and five. This is a messy, messy conference. So we'll see. I, I think they they are going to have to start over. And it's not Jordan Love's fault. He's just the wrong place, wrong time. Uh, I, I think he still has to wear it. Uh, they are favored, by the way. They're favored at home this weekend against the Rams. EJ, can you check the weather for what's supposed to be happening in Green Bay this weekend? Because I see that the over-under is 38 and a half. And even if it's some bad quarterback, well, play, that's... It, I'm, I'm seeing here game time weather, 45 degrees and cloudy. Oh, okay. What's the deal with Stafford? I think that's the... Uh, that might be part of it. Yeah. But, so it's pretty low. And then I see the Browns line is 37 and a half. And I'm like, hmm, maybe we just have some bad weather coming through. No, the no, no. The Bra- I mean, all the Browns lines are that low, right? They're always at 38 points. Who's playing quarterback? If there's a bunch of games where are like, wait, who's playing quarterback here? That's true. The Browns are playing the Cardinals, who are now starting... So, wait, yeah, what is the matchup? I saw that the other day. The Cardinals, well, it's not going to be Kyler Murray, so it's going to be Clayton Toon against, and who are the Browns starting? Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I believe, gets the nod. That is the worst matchup. Cleveland's favored by eight points. Yeah, and Stafford's not practicing yet, so who knows who's their backup because they couldn't get John Wolford back. And Uh, Stetson Bennett's been away from the team. Yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's week eight. It already feels like week 17 around the NFL. That that's funny. So if the Packers do win this game, Brett Rippon, if yeah. the Packers do win this game, they're three and five, and then they're right at the the turning point. Do you try and lose games to get a great quarterback, or do you try and sneak in the playoffs because your division is terrible? I don't know. Three and five is enough to get coaches fired in this league. Right yeah, I now. mean, yeah, but three and five when you're in a division with Jaron Hall and Tyson Badgett is your competition is pretty good. I'd love to hear from the Packer fans if you are disappointed. Where's your disappointment? Is it with Jordan Love for not looking more ready than he should, considering he got to sit, he got the luxury to be able to sit and learn over the last three seasons, which teams and players rarely get, usually get thrown right into the fire. Uh, Are you putting this more on Matt LaFleur? Or are you just putting it on, what, roster construction? See, that's the frustrating part here with the Packers. They got old. Well, that's the frustrating part. Well, are they old or are they young? Well, no, they got old. So then in the last three years, they've gotten super young. I'm saying all their great players kind of graduated. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari. The core of that number one Z team is kind of gone. It's tough, I think, when you're a Packer fan because 
the president, the general manager don't answer to anybody, you know? Yeah, but like, there's no owner. What do, you, what do you mean tough? You've been in the playoffs how many years out of the last 20 years? That is not a tough job to be a Packers fan. This one's got to be, this has got to feel I don't weird. know about that. I mean, how many playoff disappointments has that fan base dealt with? The going, teams going into Lambeau Field, a place that for decades nobody could win, and now everybody wins there. 49ers win there. Giants have won there. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's won there. I mean, like, they've, they've dealt with mm. some misery in the postseason. To be but fair, uh, that Tampa Bay loss, there were no fans. There were no fans there. But, <laughs> and it was an unseasonably was still, warm day. Yeah, I know. But but still, Tom Brady threw three picks in the second half. You got to win that game. They, yeah. I just looked at the numbers. Since 2000, they've had 15 double-digit win seasons. That I don't think that, that that's a disappointed fan base. They've gotten consistent excellence. I know it's only one Super Bowl, and I understand the disappointments, but let's not have a pity party for the Packers fans. I think they... Teams have to rebuild at some point. You get old. No, I know, but... This one's got to be particularly frustrating, I would think. I don't think so. I think they came I, in with an eight-win total, and they they said, I think even fans knew. This Jordan Love, we've never seen him play. This is a bit speculative. I don't think that they're drowning themselves. Well, they are drinking a lot of beer, but I don't think they're drowning <laughs> themselves I in mean, this beer. You ran Rodgers basically out of town or two to tango or what, however. That's called Mother Nature. Dude's 40. He could have. That doesn't matter. You could have. He could have retired a Packer, and I think now you're seeing what life is like on the other side. And it's not that great. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. And the crazy thing is, is that you're more likely to now be in a revolving door of quarterbacks than just find the next guy right away. I mean, what what actually happens in the NFL? These first-round picks are like 50-50 in terms of great or bust. Or is it the Packers once again found the golden goose of quarterback and they lucked into... Say a name again. J.J. McCarthy at number five overall in the draft. And people were like, oh, my gosh, the Packers did it again. This lucky fan base gets to go from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. I don't know, I don't know if they're getting my benefit of the doubt right now. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's hear from the Packer fans. Uh, okay, a lot more to do in terms of the NFL. This was um, one rumor that is out there regarding an all-time Hall of Fame football coach. It almost makes too much sense. But will it happen? Major rumor with a college, with a, uh, excuse me, NFL head coach. We'll get to that rumor next. Don't move. It's Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. All right. Welcome back to the Maggie and Perloff show. Gosh, uh, we put out on social media at Maggie and Pearl a picture of me wearing a Texas Rangers hat. Yeah. Sent uh, to us by Daniel in Virginia. I don't understand the problem here. Everyone's calling me a hypocrite. Everyone knows the Rangers are my AL team. When Trevor <laughs> yeah. Simeon hit that big home run last night, I was yeah. totally thrilled. Yeah, I know. Mr. Perloff is, you're like the Connor Stallions of the show, which is that <laughs> I'm sure you've got merch of every team in the back of your car. Whoever and you wins, just, I'll be there. You, you got just, a parade? <laughs> well, whoever's hat and, uh, and sweatshirt you need to be wearing, You'll accommodate <laughs> 855-2124-CBS. Got a couple things for you, including uh, Jordan Love, who feels like he's basically trying out for his starting in a future with the Packers. Nothing is being promised or given to Jordan Love, and this has been a disappointing season for Green Bay. Tammy is in Appleton, Wisconsin, has got a thought on it. Good morning, Tammy. How are you? I'm good. Uh, good morning. Uh, yeah, I'm just calling because, you know, I hear, you know, all the stuff about Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love and, you know, right now local radio is, you know, roasting 
everybody on the Packers pretty much. Um, there's nothing untouched, not not mm. Brian Gutekind, not uh, Matt LaFleur. Uh, everybody is uh, under scrutiny right now. But, you know, this whole thing started with Rodgers a couple years ago when we had a receiver called Jake Kumro. And Rodgers said, you know, I really want this guy on this team. He's a local guy. Mm-hmm. He went to UW-Whitewater in Wisconsin. Fans loved him. He was like a third wide receiver. And and Aaron Rodgers came out and said, you know, I want this guy on the team. The next day they cut him <laughs> for another receiver that wasn't as good and then became the line in the sand, this is my territory, you do your job, Aaron Rodgers, and we'll do our job. And they refused to, like, their egos just keep getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And then they draft love when they could have just gotten Justin Jefferson. And we could have had Justin <laughs> Jefferson if they were going to trade down. And they have refused to give Aaron Rodgers what he needed to go to the next level. They've refused to cash it all in like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. A right. while, you know, when Brady was there, they just refused to do that. And it's all about Aaron Rodgers. You're the quarterback. You do your job and we'll do ours. And mm. I think, because they're not getting over that ego. And now we have Jordan Love, who I agree. Nobody can win with this team. And uh, for me personally, I don't care. I want them to lose every game, <laughs> every single game now, because I want a better team and I want a higher draft pick. Man, Tammy, and, and you are a smart the fan. Packers, they'll trade, they'll trade out of the top spot. <laughs> they do. They'll take a quarterback. You, know, you do need a safety now. Uh, no, Tammy, spot on with the phone call. Loved it. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. And for giving us a little bit of the flavor, the local flavor, that everyone's kind of roasting this team. But it does go back to, yep. like, these wounds, I think, are still open with Rodgers only winning one Super Bowl. I know say only one Super yep. Bowl. But it felt like a disappointment. And it did feel like egos got in the way at the end. It's going to make a great book. And... I love that she pointed to the Jake Kumaro story. I remember that. There's probably 10 different versions of that afterwards. The the control battle in that building is amazing. I, I, I will agree. Remember they fired his quarterback's coach. Wasn't yeah. it Alex Van Pelt without him? Like, you know, oh, I forgot about that, too. And he was but, so upset about that. But there's a reality. And at some point, Aaron, just like Tom Brady in New England, like it can't last forever. I'm sorry to Tammy, but Aaron Rodgers is not going to be leading you to the number one seed for 50 years. At a certain point, quarterbacks get old. And I think even Rodgers, his last year, they were 8-9. and nine. It was starting to fall apart with Rodgers. That's what people are forgetting here. No, but I think what Tammy's saying is like you had all these chances to go all in. Yeah. And it always felt like the organization was holding back, holding back, almost because like they didn't want to give in to Rodgers. Well, also, too, they, they had this philosophy of building continual excellence, and that has paid off. They had had all these years of success. You know, they drafted Rodgers when they had Favre, so they thought that formula could work again. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Daniel is in Maywood. Daniel, is this you? Hey, it's me, guys. How's it going? Hey. If you're watching on the live stream right now, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio or twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio, Daniel Perloff is wearing the Rangers hat that you sent. Thank you very much. My guy. My guy. My Rangers, baby. I just wanted to hear a fellow Ranger talking about how awesome that win was yesterday. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Perloff will go look for a fellow Ranger fan. <laughs> Daniel, what was the most satisfying moment last night? Oh, man. Honestly, I don't think it was last night. I think uh, 
we took that. We took the 2-1 series lead, and I told all my friends, I said, Bruce Bochy needs to go back to Eovaldi for uh, for the next game for that 3-1, and they said he was going to the bullpen with Andrew Heaney. And I looked at my friends, and I said, that's the dumbest thing that anyone has ever done because Heaney has been trash. But when he came out and threw five innings and saved us that game, put us up 3-1, you know, Bruce Bochy can do no wrong in my book. I'm naming my first son after it. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, settle show debate. We were debating, did the Rangers build a champion by pitching or by hitting home runs? Because EJ says home runs. Maggie says the tr- traditional formula is pitching. That, see, I think that they had just enough of both is what really did it. I think that they built uh, a slugging team, and they slugged their way to victory when pitching was was missing, but then we came into the, the postseason and those pitchers that we spent a lot of money for and we traded a lot of draft picks for, they showed up. So they it wasn't always there during the during the regular season. We got just enough from Dane Dunning. We got just enough from Andrew Heaney, just enough from Jordan Montgomery to get us into the postseason. But then when the bats went cold, those pitchers were still there every single game. So Ivaldi giving us six shutouts when there were runners on base every inning, and that was just that was one of the best pitching performances. I know Gallon threw perfect through six or perfect through yep. five. Um, he was he was sorry, amazing. He was He's going from but pitching think, a no hitter to losing the World Series. It's wild. So Daniel, for people like Perloff who don't believe that the Texas Rangers have this robust fan base, just quickly, what what are Texas Ranger fans all about? Texas Rangers. For me, I'm a millennial, so you know I, don't, I can't speak for the old old souls. But uh, you know, growing up in the '90s and watching you know Pudge Rodriguez and Rocky Palmero and you know Dean Palmer, you know we had awesome teams in the '90s that just never got over the hump. You know, so we're not we're not the same Dallas Cowboys fans that are used to dynasties. Uh, we had good players that got railroaded by the Yankees, so we've always been underdogs. And then moving into the 2000s with Blaylock and Young and just never being able to cross the, the border, you know, 2011 when we lost the, the Cardinals was just painful, soul-crushing. One man. strike away. But, but it was uh, like that was just kind of the epitome of to be a Rangers fan. You know, you're never going to get a chance. And the one chance you get, it fell apart just like that. So, so to get this win after 60 years as a franchise, um, to be able to watch it, with my family, that was just that was something I'm never gonna forget. See, look at that, Daniel. Yeah, that's thank pretty you. Cool. Thank you for Congrats. the hat. Thank you for the fun note as well. Uh, we appreciate it, and congratulations to your Rangers. Are you convinced now? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Well, I'm a Rangers fan now. <laughs> yeah. I have the hat to prove it. I know. Perloff's been here since day one. He's a day oneer. Uh, let's go quickly to Dennis, who's in Union City. He's got a thought hey of another team in the news, and that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, now I want to make clear, I am not a Raiders fan. However, okay. I do have friends that are. I'm a Rams fan. Um, but I think by the Raiders doing what they're doing, they fired McDaniels, they fired the offensive coordinator, I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, the general manager, Ziegler. Uh, when I heard that yesterday morning, uh, I, that tells me the Raiders are in a panic. And I want to know what you guys think. Do you agree or not? Oh, yeah. Well, panic. I mean, I, I think they yeah. had a right to be panicking. The yeah. team stink. <laughs> it was, I, I think it was Mark, terrible. I think that's a good way to describe it. Mark Davis thought he had the answer. And Josh, I heard his post-firing quotes. He, I think he thought Josh McDaniels was going to be the white knight and the savior 
because he came from that Belichick lineage. I mean, I get Mark Davis's theory. The Patriots were the dominant team of our football lifetime, so why not recreate that? It's amazing how, how it's had the been, opposite effect. How many people have been felled by that yep. exact logic? And you yeah. brought in the GM and the coach, both from the Patriots tree and Bill Belichick's tree, and Bill just never gives away the secrets. Like, he keeps guys very compartmentalized. Yep. Do your job. He lets people do their job, and I don't think he ever lets anyone in on the full scope of what he sees. Because, you know, it's a lot like a lot of great players. I don't think they can teach it. Yep. You can't explain it. You know, Bob Gibson would go to the mound and tell someone, just throw strikes. I threw strikes. Just throw <laughs> strikes. Like, it doesn't work that way. Well, it's funny. Michael Jordan had that, too. There are other great coaches who do nothing but spawn other great coaches. Obviously, that Mike Holmgren tree out of yeah. Green Bay. Uh, Tony Dungy. Had Bill Walsh. Yeah. Bill Walsh. Well, Bill Walsh, Mike Holmgren. Yeah. A lot of great coaches do spawn other great coaches. Belichick's been the opposite. And the GMs are even arguably <laughs> kind of worse. You know, poor Monty Ford in Arizona. <laughs> nothing's going well there. I do think, however, and we argued about this yesterday, the party, everyone's coming back to New England. Next year, for the grand finale of Bill Belichick's career, he's bringing back all those failed people, and they're all going to be in the building. I don't know if it's going to work, but Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien... Uh, no. Dave Ziegler, they'll all be Ziegler will definitely be back. They'll all be back in Foxborough. I don't know if it's going to work without Tom Brady, but at least they're they're coming home. Listen, if anyone had future Alabama offensive coordinator written all over themselves, it is Josh McDaniels. You've got to go take a turn at the Saban, you know, it's resurrection. You know, yeah, I guess it's all in the family. Yeah, I mean, they basically all it's one team, Saban and Belichick. Well, we do have uh, some rumors going around about Belichick and where he could be coaching next. We'll get to that in a minute because Andrew Bogish is here with some headlines. Good morning. Good morning again. Uh, he wasn't the better manager in the World Series, but Arizona's Tori Lavello certainly gives the best quote. I want to run away and hide for a few days. I want to go camping and just sit in the tent and and suck my thumb. You know, and eat ice cream. <laughs> is that the weirdest answer you guys have ever had? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Uh, uh, I loved it. It's far more heartbreaking than threatening to go on a bender after you reach the NLCS. A couple laughs after losing the World Series. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I was just wondering. I'm like, so he was went on the bender after they won the NLCS. Like, why wouldn't you just go back on the bender? Like, now you want solitude? Yeah, you know what? To be honest, uh, a tent, an ice cream, maybe not sucking my thumb, but like a TV, that sounds better to me than 36 hours of drinking and drugs. I yeah. go, to, go to the Rogers retreat. That's a good time for it. <laughs> no. Be, be totally out of the picture for in, about a week. In, in darkness? Did, yes. But Rogers didn't get ice cream. He, I mean, he yeah. got like tofu <laughs> slipped through the door. Right. Yeah, he got peace of mind. That's what he got. <laughs> Like that story. Like the Rays, yeah. Orioles, and Astros before them, the Diamondbacks could not win at home against the Rangers. Texas taking Game Five last night, five nothing to take all three games in Arizona and finish the postseason eleven and zero on the road. It's the first World Title in franchise history. Last night it included hit, uh, going hitless for six innings, but Nathan Evaldi would not let Arizona score. I don't know. Uh, you know, I kind of joked around. I don't know how many rabbits I have in my hat left. Evaldi postgame on Fox. He allowed four hits and five walks, but zero runs. Arizona was 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position, left nine on base against him through six. Mitch Garver's RBI single broke the scoreless 
tie in the seventh. Then four more in the ninth, capped by Marcus Simeon's two-run blast. Corey Seager got the Rangers' first hit last night, a simple single. After homering the previous three games, he's the World Series MVP for the second time. The legendary and complex and divisive Bob Knight passed away yesterday at 83 after fighting dementia for years. When Knight retired from Texas Tech, he had the most wins in men's D1 history. He won three national titles at Indiana. The first came in 76, which remains the last undefeated champ. Thursday Night Football brings us to Pittsburgh. The Steelers hosting the Titans. Cam Hayward will be back on the Steeler D-line after a Week 1 groin injury. Will Levis makes the start for QB at QB for Tennessee. Uh, too bad we weren't on that Zoom call with Big Ten football mm-hmm. coaches yesterday. After discussing some normal business, Jim Harbaugh hung up, and the rest of the crew told Commissioner Tony Petiti he needs to do something about Michigan's alleged sign-stealing ASAP. The Lakers were down 19 to the Clippers in the first quarter last night. Then they were up eight with 90 seconds to go, and then they found themselves in overtime. Kawhi driving, loses it. Anthony Davis has got it ahead to Reeves. Reeves to the basket, alley-oop to LeBron! Slam dunk, timeout, Clippers! A perfectly executed alley-oop from, Le- from Austin Reeves to LeBron. Wow! John Ireland on Lakers Radio. L.A. finally won 131-25, ending an 11-game losing streak to their roommates. LeBron finished with 35, the most points anyone has scored in season 21 or later. Clay Thompson's jumper with two tenths left got the Warriors past the Kings, 102-101. The Nuggets took their first loss, 110-89 in Minnesota. The Mavs are 4-0 for the first time since 2014, down in the Bulls, 114-105. And the Celtics destroyed the Pacers, 155-104. Those are the most points Boston has scored since the 58-59 campaign. I know, I know I'm sorry, I know nobody is really going to be that into the Pacers, you know, season Mm. but like they got to be setting some kind of records here for points allowed well but they had a game where they scored 143 and still lost and and now they just gave up 155 wow but they i thought didn't they lose that game where they scored 143 Um, no i think they they, won that game game. that'd be crazy but like they are giving up an insane amount of points like this we got to watch this for some potential history being made we got to learn who's on the pacers (laughs) (laughs) He was not playing defense to give up 155. Uh, Hockey last night, the Flyers losing like the Phillies, 5-2 to the Sabres. That's three losses in a row, five in their last six. And a 2-0 win for the Columbus crew over the Atlanta United to start their MLS first round best of three. Guys, back to you. Okay, I got a trivia question real quick for all of you guys. Because I was shocked when you said Corey Seager won his second World Series MVP. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Can you name four people have ever done it? Can you name the other three? Who's won multiple World multiple Series World. MVPs? Yeah, just try to take a guess. I'm not saying expect or, you to get Ortiz. this. Ortiz, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson's one, not Ortiz. I mean, Corey Seager is in crazy elevated air here. It's unbelievable. Uh, sure, fire it, hall, hall it, of famers. Are, are most of them deceased? These are old. Um, one of them is actually still alive, but he's older. Two older players. Mm. They get World Series dominance, and I'll tell you, like uh, Joe DiMaggio or something. Pitchers. Oh, Sandy? Sandy's one. Sandy Koufax is still alive. And so we need one more. Yeah, a dominant World Series pitcher. Whitey Ford. Uh, well, just you, Bob Gibson. Oh, I was thinking yeah. Gibson. Oh, yeah. I'm so mad I didn't say it. World Series. Yeah. So it's funny. Corey like Seager, Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, and Reggie Jackson. Who does not fit in that list? 
Reggie Jackson. <laughs> of course. I mean, that is so random that he's won two because that's an incredible, illustrious prize. Anyway, that's uh, a weird thought. That is a good trivia question. 855-212-4CBS. Thank you, Bogus. 855-212-4227. Uh, okay. You, we got a lot to do. A lot. Uh, coming up, we do hear from the newest head coach from the Las Vegas Raiders. What's going to be different this time around? Get to that in a minute. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Today's Thursday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tonight football preview is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The Steelers host the Titans. Pittsburgh's a two-and-a-half-point favorite on FanDuel. Try to rebound off a tough 20 20- to 10 loss in Jacksonville that was on the officials in week eight. The playoffs started today. Mike Tomlin and crew would be in and the Titans would be out. Tennessee is three and four and 11th in the AFC. This is a juicy little bizarre matchup. An injured Kenny Pickett against Will Levis. Sign me up. This is going to be a real step up in weight class for Will Levis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this no is, doubt. I know the Falcons defense is not terrible, but winning against the Falcons at home in your debut versus walking into Pittsburgh to face that defense is going to be much different. I find the Kenny Pickett rebound kind of fascinating, too, because he looked down and out walking into the locker room in a game where if he come back against the Jags last week, I think they might win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that turned quickly uh, that he was healthy. So I wonder, can he, can he get one hit and is he going to be out of the game tonight? I don't know. Uh, this is going to be – it is an interesting one. Finally, we get some, like – it could, this the Pittsburgh Steelers have been playing a lot of seventeen to thirteen games. Can I make a prediction? Yeah. Um, Will Levis first half interception. Oh well, that's he's not. gonna throw one, and I'm not saying that they're not gonna win the game or that he's not gonna rebound and eventually have a good game. Who knows where this Levis story is going? But I do think he'll throw a pick in the first half. He's gonna get rattled out there. We did this in the sports minute where Bogus said Ryan Tannehill will not start, and they're going with Will Levis. If Tannehill was healthy, would they really not go back to Will Levis after throwing four touchdowns last week? I think it's the Will Levis era has fully begun. Yeah, Tannehill's gone, right? This but is they're over. framing it. It's only because of the injury that Tannehill's not playing. That can't be the case. Well, Unless maybe, Levis comes down to earth today. Maybe they want to leave, yeah, a little wiggle room. Like if he throws, you know, four picks as opposed to four touchdowns, maybe they want to leave the door open. I don't understand why the Titans are trying to win games. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. I if, t- Vrabel can't tank. If Levis that dude is, can't well, tank. The coaches never want to tank because the losses go on their record. But if if Levis comes back down to earth and is bad, then you got to start looking for your next quarterback, right? Well, it's hard in the AFC South. No, I think the Titans have older players. You know, Derrick Henry's not young. You tank. It, it, there's only one team that's going to get Caleb Williams. So are you really going to tank for Drake May? Is it that different to get a Drake May at two compared to a Bo Nix at eight? I think that they'll be fine. I, honestly, uh, it's so funny because I'm a guy who was a fan of the 76ers and the process, which was this crazy year-long tanking thing, and you want everybody to tank. I feel like you're just being completely Machiavellian well, about all these teams. Listen, if Will Levis is going to – if this is him, then great. You're awesome. You're, you're set up. You didn't trade DeAndre Hopkins. You didn't trade Derrick Henry, even though he's last year of his deal. You know, go ahead forward with Will Levis. That's also fine. That's amazing. You know, we thought he was going to be a first-round pick, and he ended up falling to the top of the second round. But 
if you're not going to believe in Levis and he's not the guy for the future, then what What else? You're going to do another Band-Aid year with another like uh, journeyman Well, what if you can make the playoffs this year? Look at the schedule. I mean, you're play- facing a hobbled, messed up Pittsburgh Steelers team. They're a disaster. You're facing Tampa Bay next week. Jacksonville, anything can happen in the AFC South game. Then you got Carolina, Indianapolis, Houston twice. But you're thinking in the short term, and I'm thinking of the long term. Yeah. The Titans have been a playoff team, right. and, and that they've been uh, impressive at times. But what? Where's it gotten them? Like, if you don't solve the quarterback thing, where they went from Mariota to Tannehill, and to be fair, Tannehill did okay for them until they got to the postseason as a one seed, and he threw three picks against the Cincinnati Bengals, and it really hasn't been the same since. Well, I'm saying you're right. I'm saying nine and eight would be a successful season. You're saying that's that's limbo. What's the point? What are Mediocrity. we doing? Here? What's what are you doing? Yeah, but you can't go. You're not going to get the number one pick this year. There's some real tank teams out there, so you might as well go for it. You're in a great division to do something. Honestly, I think that Texans uh, hype is already dying down. The Colts have are a mess. There's a lot of chances if they go nine and eight, get the playoffs. That feels better than going four and thirteen and being the number five pick. To I me. just find it very hard to believe that the there's a wild card team in the AFC South. The Jags are going to win the division, and I don't think there's another team coming from the AFC South. I think that other wild card teams are going to either come from the AFC North or the AFC East. Yeah. So that's me. Eight five five two one two four CBS. So Antonio Pierce takes over as the interim head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, who fired their head coach, Josh McDaniels, GM Dave Ziegler, and also their offensive coordinator, uh, Mick Lombardi. So Antonio Pierce was meeting the media yesterday, said he was born for the Raider job. And had opportunities to leave and go to other organizations. I decided not to. Um, the short story, the matter of fact, is I grew up in Compton, California. I was born a Raider. I was born with the Raiders rolling in the Coliseum in L.A. I was rolling with N.W.A. talking straight out of Compton, rocking Raider hats. So when the opportunity came to work with Josh and Pat Graham and Dave, I jumped on it. So that's what set me up for this. I was born this way. All right. So nostalgia is the theme of culture right now. Everyone loves nostalgia. And Antonio Pierce really digging back deep to go to the N.W.A. in the Ice Cube days to uh, prove how much he deserves this Raider job. Are you buying this? Does that matter? I'll tell you right now, no. Interim coaches, we get all excited about. We made a big deal out of Jeff Saturday, and this well, is Jeff South- Saturday was a different whole no, different situation. It's always, it's always the same thing. Oh my gosh, this interim guy is so fiery. He's so great. I get this guy is awesome. Uh, we're going to hire someone else next year. That's the same story. And Antonio Pierce is just going to be. I mean, it's not exactly like Jeff Saturday, but it's going to be this. Yeah, rah rah. Let's go. The people are excited about Jeff Saturday. Yeah, they were excited. Is it? He was interesting. I mean, I mean, yeah. They signed him off the ESPN set. I but I, I think he was the number one story in football for about a month. Everybody, and, and he was doing these press conferences. Right, and everyone it was, was, it wasn't positive, though. Well, he won his first game. Against the Raiders, ironically. Yeah, yeah. I know. But, like, I think a lot of people were annoyed Upset, that yeah. he got this opportunity. E- either way. Yeah, Jump either way. Though, but this Antonio Pierce is like, oh, I'm going to insert toughness in this team. Get Yeah. You might win a few games, and everyone's going to say, like, this is great. But it never, ever works out. He's never going to get this job. The last time that happened was Doug Marone in 2016, who got one year off the Jags or something. It's just not very rare for an interim coach to get the job. Uh, but it might set him up for a different job if he does a, if he you know gives this team the new coach bump. Let's hear again from Pierce, who says being a former player is an advantage in this position. I've been around these guys for two years now as a linebacker coach. 
And I made my presence known both in the linebacker room, the defensive line room, the quarterback room, the running back room. I'm a former player. I touch former players. I can relate to them. I've done the same things they've done. I've walked the same paths they walked. I felt the same pain they felt. So there's nothing or any emotional ride or roller coaster that they haven't gone through this year or over the two years I've been with them that I haven't felt. There you go. So, you know, dipping into his own playing days. I'm telling you, I think that there was part of this, which is talent for the Raiders and a devoid of talent, that top-tier talent they, of course, have. But depth, they don't really have. And another part, I think, was, uh, you know, give a bleep factor, toughness factor, wanting it factor, and maybe they do follow Antonio Pierce. Now, his first order of business was to change quarterbacks. It's going to be Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, over Jimmy G. He explains the new philosophy now with AOC. And the key thing is we just talked about a lot of weapons on our team and how to get to them. We're going to start a young quarterback. Got to protect him. Last outing, we didn't protect him very well. Didn't protect the football. So it's going to go to that. For our whole entire offensive, you know, turnover-free football, get back to playing that kind of style of football where you kind of impose your will and play with ill intent. And you can do that with offense. You can do that with skill, guys. I mean, we got Jacoby Byers. If you had not watched him crack a receiver, excuse me, a defensive back or a linebacker, you're crazy. He's not afraid to throw it in there. So, and we got still one of the best running backs in the game. And he understands that. And he knows his role and what's going to happen going forward. And that's what's going to help the quarterback. Makes there you it go. Sound pretty simple. I mean, he'll probably get two wins in the next two weeks. Well, they're playing the Giants this week, and they're favored. This is is actually a perfect time to change coaches. If you if you do want the new coach bump, like if they wanted to keep losing and get a high draft pick, they should have just stayed with McDaniel's. I mean, that's he he'll take care of the losing for you. But if they actually do want to try to write this thing and change it, you change the coach yeah. a week before you play a team who's worse than you, and you win and try to get the vibes going in a good good direction. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think McDaniel's could have beaten the Giants too. I'm not sure that he wouldn't have been favored in this one. As he well. lost to the Bears. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, this is this is in Vegas, right? All you have to do is hand the ball to Josh Jacobs 50 times. I'm sure that's what Pierce is going to do here. I, I don't know. I mean, interim coaches again. The the bump is false though. It never. It always ends up. This team is what it is. I I'd be shocked if this worked out in any positive way for the Raiders because the problems with the Raiders run so much deeper. I know, but the Raiders just felt this interim bump with Rich Passacci a couple years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Okay. They won 10 games, and then they went to McDaniels, and it all fell apart. So they face these two New York teams, and then they bring Aiden O'Connell, AOC, to Miami, then the Chiefs. Yeah. And then another game at the Chiefs. It's going to get tougher. I just, it's tough. It's a rebuilding team. Honestly, if I look at the the problems with this team, those terrible Mike Mayock drafts are still hurting them. They just I think have, it's Gruden also as his fingerprints on that. Well, okay, yes. well, I'm just saying the GM. Those terrible picks, you can't whiff on your first round picks so many years in a row. You think of Alex Weatherwood, Cleveland Farrell, Damon Arnett, Gary and Conley go down and down the list, and even the guys that were good just now they're gone. Darren Waller, you know Devontae Adams is going to be gone next year. Hunter Renfro's a disaster. Jacobs will probably be gone. He's on a tag, right? Yeah. So he's going to be gone. Where are you as a team? Even if you're in Tanner Pierce, do you want this team? Maybe, I like what you said about a tryout. He's where, what's the upside? What's happening here? Well, I mean, it's still one of 32 jobs. So yeah. it's always going to be, you know, attractive just for that. And I do think there is like, the, like the Raiders could be, they're a sleeping giant in terms of a fan base and in terms of relevance. Like yeah. it's not, it doesn't take a lot to get the Raiders back in the national conversation. You know, the Raiders are that kind of team where you're like, the NFL is just better when the Raiders are good. I, I believe that. And they just haven't been for such a long time. 
I don't know if Antonio Pierce is going to be the guy to do it because this is a big lift, and now you're going to a rookie quarterback. They they need a lot more stability. Like they need is this a quarterback of the future? They're going to have to hire a general yeah. manager. I None mean, of it matters because Mark <laughs> Davis is the owner. I mean Har- Harbaugh or Belichick could come in next year, and you're still going to have the owner problem. Isn't anyone kind of wondering like? Why did they just keep Derek Carr? <laughs> well, I don't know. If he, he, he was the fix either. Max. He's not the fix, but at least Adams would have been happy in getting the ball. 855-2124-CBS coming up. Paying tribute to an icon. We'll do that next. Don't move. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.